episode 965, Unweaving the Wheel of Time, books 9 and 10. We're flying. There's only 14, right? Yeah, well, and there's new spring, so maybe next time. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Christian, bringing you theology at warp speed. I'm Matt Anderson. Ben DeBono. And we could do new spring and, and book 11, because new spring is a short prequel. Well, Ben, don't, don't forget, we're joined by our friend. That's right. Melissa Kozer. Melissa, hello. The real star. Hello. We, we uh, you know, I don't know if you heard me talking about this a few minutes ago, but I did at the last minute have a chance to read the Wikipedia article for book 10 because we just added that book to the mix, you know, within the last hour. So I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say. And uh, listeners, you probably remember, I stopped reading these books around book five, six. Something. Yeah, you finished book five. Okay. And then uh, you were done. So uh, I'll be around, but this is going to be mostly Ben and Melissa just uh, shooting the breeze on Wheel of Time. I shouldn't even say no, shooting I, the breeze. You'll yeah. be on weaving. I'd just like to introduce our other friend, Brian Kozer, he's here too. Brian, thank you for joining us tonight. Now, hey guys, thanks for having me on. I have not reread book 10 for this because, as you said, Matt, you we just decided to do it like an hour ago. Melissa asked me if I had happened to reread book 10 yet, and I said no. But for those who have read The Wheel of Time, book 10 is not. It's not like the high watermark of the series, either in terms of quality or things happening. So I felt comfortable uh, continuing this, even though I probably haven't read it in a decade. So now will you skip it? Actually, no, no, I, I will reread. So, you're, so by next time we record, then you'll have watched ten or read ten and eleven and New Spring and New Spring. Okay. Oh, yeah. Are we going to do a New Spring and eleven all at once? Yeah, let's As do I that. As I recall, a lot happens in eleven. Let's let's do that. Let's aim for by the end of the year. Uh, we'll do. We'll have been through book eleven, and that will leave us three to go. The Brandon Sanderson trilogy will finish off in twenty twenty two. Okay, but we're not we're not gonna do just one episode for New Spring and. Well, I guess we could. There's not. I mean, yeah, a lot of life changing stuff that happens exactly. in New Spring. We'll just touch on New Spring briefly. To, I don't know how you're gonna get to a thousand episodes with the uh, irresponsible combining of episodes that's true <laughs> well mad mad has with time timeless, loops. of course yeah you're right do you think we should separate these i we should not <laughs> brian makes a great point we're on we're on the road to episode 1000 listeners so we you and i both have three movies to watch before 675 we we need to we need to at least pump the brakes for a week or two all right we'll see what happens all right, so book nine, I have read, but I'll be honest, I think I read it in May or June. So it's been a little yeah, while. Yeah, was a ways back. Yeah. Wow, really? I mean, we're recording here in August. What what happened? How come you guys didn't well, I, get together to do this? So I, I, <laughs> I, thought, I thought that Melissa would read it, but then she was moving, um. and so then I had finished it. And she's much faster at reading for me, so I didn't want to tell her I was reading it, because then she'd get the jump on me oh. and finish first. So I kept it a secret until I was done, and then she said, I'm moving. I won't get to it for another month. Oh. Well, things happen. So that blew up in my face. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm excited to hear about book nine. It's not the most exciting. Winter's, winter's heart, or should I say? Don't, just don't say it. <laughs> Do you think we should? Uh, no, yeah, I don't know. Did you guys hear Ben making this joke? I I don't really want to repeat it, no. but 
I, but you I know, kind of want to hear it at least off the air. Okay, yeah, off there, that's too. better. It was on the air for the news feed. Why oh, can't yeah. I say it here? Oh, sorry, it was in the middle of the news. Yeah, it was in the end of the news episode. I was just talking about how, like, you guys remember the count up? How I, I made the joke about Ingmar Bergman's movie, The Magic Flute. I always think of it as the magic toot. <laughs> so <laughs> they're not laughing, but <laughs> I think you may be the only one that thinks this is very funny. <laughs> so well, we're laughing. We're just so, uh, trying not to interrupt me too much win- with laughter. Winter's heart becomes winter's fart. <laughs> I see. So why? I uh, see. Let's not even go there. <laughs> you know, when I read this the very first time, a, when I read this, it rhymes, Matt. Yeah, it's a Don't rhyme. Don't you have a poetic soul? When I read uh, this Wikipedia article for the first time, I thought it was called Winter's Heat. That would have been a paradox. Yes, I like that. A much better title than Winter's Heart, which may I, be my least favorite title so far of all the. You think wheel Winter's titles. Heat is a good title? Better than Winter's Heart. Winter's Heat's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. W- it doesn't wh- make any sense. Where does this book? title-wise, rank on your list of favorite Wheel of Time book titles. I think this is a good title, wow. actually. Not even close. Yeah, I like it. Well, I, from what I understand, all of the, the titles are based off of little segments of the Prophecies of the Dragon. And so here is the one for Winter's Heart. The seals that hold back night shall weaken. And in the heart of winter shall winter's heart be born amid the wailing of lamentations and the gnashing of teeth. For winter's heart shall ride a black horse, and the name of it is death. I'll be honest. I had That's no good, I, huh? I had no idea that the titles tied into the prophecy. Yeah. Wow. You know what would have been clever? And he would have had to adjust the plot, but like if there had been a prominent deer in this volume, and he'd called it winter's heart, H-A-R-T. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Could have been good. <laughs> Wasted opportunity with their RJ. I'm glad you guys are not writers. <laughs> oh, that's that. could have had a cameo. <laughs> that's that's uh that that cuts deep. Um, so this is sounding like the 372 pages book that all of the readers got together and wrote together. Oh like, yeah, it was yeah. that was such a garbage book. Because people kept on trying to make all these cutesy little jokes, myself included, and I thought I was being clever with it. And then I read the actual thing, and I was like, oh, man, that was the wrong choice to make, as I'm sure hopefully everybody else thought, too. I did not read it, but I heard it was bad. Um, So, Winter's Heart. Let's move on from deer jokes and (laughs) (laughs) and other assorted puns. Every, what everybody remembers about this book is the ending. So we could we could talk about that, but there is stuff that happens leading up to it. And I have to yeah. say, even though this book has a reputation for being very slow, I still enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, same here. I uh, honestly, uh, and we'll get to it later, but I have not found the slog books up to this point, book nine, to be... Anything of a slog. I feel like that was a little bit of a foreshadowing for when we get to the discussion of book 10. Heavy foreshadowing there. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. They're definitely slower. Like, they're not on the same quality as uh, book six. Yep, as Dumai's Wells. I do think, and I think we talked about this last time, that book eight and nine feel like they were written or intended to be one book. Um, Yeah. I think they might have been a little stronger if he'd been able to maybe edit them down to one book. Yeah. Uh, but 
overall, I, I enjoy these volumes. Yeah, well, and you, it starts off uh, with the last interesting stuff that's going to happen with Elaine Trackend, uh, Matt's favorite character. You ready, Matt? Well, was she my favorite? I thought I liked Perrin. Your favorite female character. Okay. I can't remember her very well, but yes, tell me more. She's the princess. Okay. The princess oh, wait, no. of Andor that I like uh, is one of the women Matt fa- or Rand falls in love with. Oh, yeah, I think she was okay. Or wasn't it Egwene? Egwene's there too. She's the Amarlin no. seat. Yeah, Egwene is the girl that he kind of assumed he would marry growing up, and then they moved out of the two rivers, oh. and he saw there were a whole lot more fish in the in the ocean, and so he broadened out to three girls, three other girls. <laughs> oh, you yeah. know, I, I I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but isn't it confusing that there's two prominent female characters with rhyming names that are not related, Egwene and Elaine? Like, wait till wait till you read the Hobbit when all the dwarves rhyme, <laughs> Dory and Ori. Wait till you read the Silmarillion and there's just so many names you can't keep track. So what happens with Elaine? Well, you read the Bible. And there's <laughs> Elijah and Elisha. That's that's true. Do you ever think about that? I don't want to get sidetracked with the Bible or anything, but do you ever think like like when Elijah met Elisha? He was like, we're going to find a way to make this work. <laughs> like, you're not great yet, but <laughs> this is too, too good. This is too good of an opportunity to pass up. What? Elijah just comes up and throws his cloak onto Elisha. Like, dude, you're my you're my protege now. And like, so, yeah, and that I, must I, be I why. think, I, I never thought of it like this before, but I think we're onto something here. It was because he heard his name and he's like, it's meant to be. You know, that if, was a sign I was searching for from the Lord. If you know, you had somebody who doesn't believe the Bible or doesn't believe in God and doesn't take the Bible very seriously, I feel like the Elijah-Elisha thing could be one argument. You'd be like, okay, somebody's writing a story. They need two names. Okay, I've got <laughs> Elijah. A I need, I need a, like a little buddy. How about Elisha? Perfect. <laughs> and they just moved on. They didn't even think about the fact that. <laughs> right. So, anyways. Maybe it was a common name. I'll check. I'll, I'll come back to that later in this episode. Okay. Anyway, Egwene and Elaine. So what about Elaine? Yes. All right. So Egwene, totally different character from Elaine. Uh, Elaine is the princess uh, that Rand has fallen in love with, and she is back in her home country trying to get control of her land so that she can uh, rightfully assume the crown. So her mother... I don't know if you remember this, Matt, but her mother was mind-controlled by one of the Forsaken. Okay. I thought she was on the run. Uh, She is after. Yeah, yeah, she's on the run now. She escaped from him. Um, But under his mind control, she made so many bad decisions for the realm that everybody hates the name of... Just about everybody hates the name of Trackend. Um, And so Elaine has her work cut out for her, and you'd think, oh, yeah. You know, there's going to be all sorts of political intrigue as she tries to get her crown back. And bless his heart, Robert Jordan tried so hard to make political intrigue interesting, and it wasn't his strong suit. We're going to get a lot of that. Uh, More in books 10 through the rest of the series, but it does start here. And I think it started in the previous book, too. Yeah, and I think especially, like, if you think about that, this is back when George R. R. Martin was actually publishing books. And mm-hmm. so you have somebody who's doing it in the same genre really, 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 really well. 
it mm. makes Robert Jordan's efforts look not as good by comparison. Yeah. I have I've not read the Game of Thrones series, but that is one of the things I've heard of is that is I mean, it well, makes uh, yeah. political intrigue so interesting. Imagine if these parts of the book were good. Yeah. That's that's kind of what Game I'd of Thrones is. Yeah. My imagination doesn't stretch that far. So the last good segment of Elaine is uh, at the beginning, she gets summoned for a ceremony with the uh, Isle Wise Ones. The Isle are the people that follow Rand. Uh, they're kind of his home nation. They're the that, the Wheel of Time Fremen. But the Aeel? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Aeel. And, uh, and so there's a group living in Andor in Elaine's realm, and they summon her for a ceremony so that she can bond Avienha, which is the other woman that Rand loves, one of the two other women. Wait, and she's going to bond her as a yeah, sister. Min is there, too. Is Min one of the ones he loves no, also? There's no D. Min. Well, Min, like Min shows Mindy. up later. For this part, it's uh, just Elaine and Avienha, and they're going to bond each other as sisters. And so there's this whole scene where it's like they're being born, uh, like they're almost sharing the same womb, womb all over again, and they have, like, this connection now. Uh, like, was it a baptism ceremony? No. Yeah, it's it's unclear. It's it's really well-worded, I thought, in the... In the like, I, I do in find the, it unsettling... It weird spoken aloud. Yeah, that, that Robert Jordan needs to have everybody be naked whenever they have a ceremony. Well, yeah, there is that. Like, so this is going to sound weird, and Matt will probably edit it out. But but please don't. Um, like as you read the series, cool when I, in the book. Yeah, when you read the series, it's like I'm pretty sure Robert Jordan had a spanking fetish in real life. <laughs> <laughs> like that's doesn't that feel like it's it's almost guaranteed? You know, I think you might be onto something there. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm picturing him wearing adult diapers. Hey, I've, I've ca- <laughs> just, hold on, before I go too far, I've, I've let you keep. I mean, you I'll let you keep what you've said so power. far. Okay. Like, that is all one right. of the forms of of punishment yeah. for novices. Right, is they'll turn a novice upside down and spank her. Like they'll even, you know, say, "Go fetch a slipper so that I can give you a, a good slippering." Right, well, I'm, I'm going to stop my description here. Because I think we can just leave it to everyone's imagination. But yeah, you see where I'm going with this. Yeah. So anyway, Elaine and Avienha, they're sisters now, so they're bonded that way. Now, Elaine is also bonded to Birgitta. She's one of the heroes from the Age of Legends um, that uh, had been ripped out of the dream world uh, by one of the Forsaken. And to save her life, Elaine bonded her. So she's bonded to two women now. And then later on, Rand is going to show up in the book with men because they're trying to find Nynaeve, who is also at this point traveling with Elaine. And uh, they, the three of them, Elaine, Avienha, and men, they're the ones that all love Rand and Rand loves them. So they all corner him and bond him. So, like, Elaine is just bonding everything in sight, practically. Right. Can I just, I'm sorry, um, just because I'm not following the book anymore, uh, I'm a little confused 
about what you're saying. So, okay, so Rand, is where let me let me ask some questions. Each other's emotions inside their heads. Okay, so let me ask some questions. So Rand legitimately loves three women. Is that what you're saying? Yes. And yes. those women are Elaine, yep. Min, yep. and Avienda. Yes. yes. Okay, next. When they bond, it's sort of like a like a Vulcan uh, mind meld type situation. Yeah, it's not bonded. Yeah, it's more like they can feel whatever the other person feels. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and there, there's also in, there's compulsion between the Ice Sedai and Warder through the bond. Yes. Wait a minute. And so that's been they, kind of a secret kept. You're saying, I, I, we've seen this in other in other books yeah. that they can make the Warder do. Yes. So when you're saying when they bond, they become warders to each other. Essentially. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so you said that she's bonding everybody. So she's got repeat that list again of who Elaine has bonded with. She bonded with Avienha. So they're sort of like sisters now. Okay. She's bonded with Brigida as her warder. And uh, uh, maybe it's different, uh, but she can't really make Brigida do whatever what she wants her to do. Brigida does whatever she wants to do, which is to keep Elaine safe. So good for Brigida. And then. Now the three women bond Rand, and so they can feel wherever he is and whatever he's feeling. So the three women who he loves that I just named, each of them also bonded Rand. Yes. But they did it together. I thought, yeah, yes, I, I, I mean, I, from what I remember in the first five books, it seemed like, yeah, it was like a like the bonding thing that we saw with uh, Lan and... Uh, Moraine. Yeah, Moraine. That seemed like kind of like a one-on-one type of situation. It, it didn't seem like it was a group activity. Well, I am altering the weave. So things have changed. I do not alter it further. Okay, this is that seems like recording the book. Uh, Star Wars. <laughs> uh, All right. Yeah. So, no, so things are getting crazy. Yes, this is atypical. Okay. This is atypical, and that's kind of the part of the themes of the series is that with Rand's coming, you know, things that are normal now get turned on their head. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, yeah. I'm, so I'm back you've with got you. Elaine connected to all these people. And then she gets Rand alone, and you might, I don't know if you're going to want to cut this out or not, but, like, it's its a major thing of what's going to happen to with Elaine for the rest of the series. So I kind of feel it's crucial to mention. She corners Elaine and says, you have been with the other two women, but you've never been with me overnight. And so uh, she and Rand spend the night together, and meanwhile... Avienha can feel everything that's going on in the room. Yeah, it's and wild. And Brigida can feel everything that's going on in the room. And so can men, by the way. And, like, it's this big mess. Sounds like it's and a mess. Lane, <laughs> I mean, uh, so you're Lane's, saying... so you're Lane's just... main plot point for the rest of the series is that she got pregnant from that night. Okay, so you're saying... Elaine and Rand were together, but the other people that were bonded with Rand could sense what they were up to? Yeah, through the bond. Yeah. Were they mad? No. Well, I mean, Min and Avienha were fine with it. They kind of helped set it up. Uh, Brigida was hopping mad. Guys, this book is getting really... Or this series is weird. <laughs> like, really weird. <laughs> I'm kind of glad I bailed. This is... I, I can barely follow uh, this. I feel like we're, we're, we're focusing... 
on one small part of the book. I mean, there's a lot more to it than just just this. But this is weird, there's right? There's a lot more to it. Yeah, like, this is weird. This is the last interesting stuff that's going to happen with Elaine. For the rest of the series, it's she's pregnant and moaning about it and uh, doing really boring political stuff uh, trying to secure her crown. That's the only reason I mentioned this. So you said she's about to get pregnant, and I did, I because I read the Wikipedia descriptions, I mean, I might be jumping ahead, but I see she's pregnant with twins. Yeah. Yes. That's revealed in book 10. So yes. It, it, to me, that reminds me of uh, Star Wars, of course. And I've always thought that Rand seemed like a villain. You guys have been saying, no, he's a hero. And this seems like a Darth Vader situation. I mean, do you want to talk I don't know that? that twins are exclusively the realm of Star Wars. No, I hear you. But you can see the connection. You've got a guy who is all powerful, who could definitely bend evil. Just like uh, Anakin. And now he's impregnated his girlfriend with twins. There's a little bit of a connection there. Yeah. Well, I mean, Rand is not a pure-souled hero. He's, uh, it's true. He's got some dark days coming up. I I agree. I've been saying that since the beginning, but I remember Ben kind of bashing me for saying it feels like Rand's going to go bad. Unless you're just trying to... I mean, to... he is destined to go mad unless he can cleanse... Uh, the male half of the power that he channels, which spoiler alert, he does that at the end of book nine. That's so the big event. Get there. Yeah, let, let's talk about that. I mean, it's clean. Yep, and everybody. Can, so he uses the most powerful. So don't shake um, your head at me. I read this three months ago. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm shaking my head at Ben. All right, I'll just admit it. <laughs> he, he remembers well, nothing of this book. <laughs> Does he use the bag of winds? Just kind of blow it off? No. Yeah, he and Lainey use these, uh, the these things called saw on grill. They're sort of access keys that help you hold more of the power than you could without. Yeah, uh, you, you remember help. these when they found like those two giant statues buried, and then in the fight with Asmodian in the end of book four, he finds the two little figurines. You may not remember that, actually, but it happened, and now those are paying off here, because that's yeah. how they clean the, uh, not not the bag of winds. It was the, the bowl of, the bowl of winds. winds. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. But bag of winds is funny and ties into the winter's fart. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so they they use a, a great amount of the power to cleanse Sidene, that's the, the male half. And, of course, a lot of, uh, pretty much everybody in the world who can channel can feel uh, that much of the power being used. So a lot of the Force, they can go and they fight it out. But uh, Brian, er, I don't know why I said Brian, Rand. <laughs> Whoa. Where, do Brian. you picture yourself as Elaine by chance? Brian, do you Rand feel like Rand? brought a bunch of channelers with him and they managed to fight off all the bad guys that show up and so it's it's cool but it's it almost feels anticlimactic uh in a lot of ways because here like it's it's a it's a huge moment cleansing siding and getting rid of the taint that makes uh male channelers go mad um and yet it has a, it occupies a very small portion of the book yeah, I would say the event itself is more interesting than the description of the battle around it. 
Yeah. And, you know, there's a couple other things I want to say about book nine, but not to get ahead of book 10. And it's been a long time since I've read it, but my memory of book 10 is always that it's essentially just a giant reaction to the end of book nine. Just about that is what happens. And Robert Jordan is, uh, I will say he's very good at painting a picture. Like he'll, he'll tell you like, this is what everything looks like in great detail. And these are the smells and these are the sounds. And then that'll stretch on for two pages and you're like, okay, I've got the picture. Now can the picture start moving? Uh, and when it only, each character only moves a few inches, right? Uh, it's frustrating. And well, then the and scene a, ends yeah, a, a and lot we're of... going to start describing in horrific detail another scene only for each character to move just a few more inches. That's book 10. And a lot of it takes place in, in parallel too. Yeah. To, to book nine. Yeah. yeah. So I, uh, I read on, on Goodreads what somebody else thought of book 10 and they were like, the way to get through this book is to take a drink every time Matt hears the dice start to roll in his head or every time, uh, you know, somebody tugs their braid or, you know, all these different things, these, these itches, these nervous ticks that Bra- that Robert Jordan had, and, um, and really that is the way to get through the book, but I'm pregnant and I can't, I'm not allowed to get oh, drunk. No. <laughs> and so it's very unfair. So this is my advice to you, Ben, is have something to drink handy when you go through book 10. I, I will. I, I will do that. I often listen in the car, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please don't. Then. I, I mean, I think the officer will understand. Like, no. No, it's, it's book it's 10 a of the week. terrible time. book, but you got to get through it to the end. Yeah, I have not felt the series was a slog at all until I got to book 10, and then it was homework, and I was forcing myself to read one chapter at a time. It was awful. So my book 10 story, uh, and I'm sure I've told this before on the show, probably in this series, but it's worth repeating here. Is way, way, way back when book 10 was released. I think it was like 2002, 2003 or something like that. So it's relatively early days of Amazon. And I had an Amazon account. And Amazon used to do something where on different products, like they'd have one or two reviews that would get featured on there. And they'd often do, you know, like a one star, five star or whatever. Now, if you look at Crossroads of Twilight now on Amazon, it has a very, very high average rating, like suspiciously high. But back when it first came out, this book was just destroyed on Amazon. And likely Amazon has improved their, I mean, you, you know, they've improved their algorithms to try and promote positive reviews more to improve sales. You know, people aren't going to buy a book that's rated extremely poorly. So I was, I don't know, 17, 18 when this came out. And, and I wrote my Amazon review I gave it five stars. And I genuinely at the time thought it was five stars. This was before I was the crabby uh, grump that we all know and love today. So I gave it five stars and I wrote up my review about how it was great. And then lo and behold, Amazon uh, featured my review and I would check on it every now and then because you could see like your, uh, it was kind of like a Reddit model where upvotes, downvotes. I was in the thousands upon thousands of downvotes 
and, oh. and it went across like your whole account. <laughs> so I, I stopped writing Amazon reviews at that point. But that's my Crossroads of Twilight claim to fame is wow. that Amazon destroyed my account. <laughs> what does that mean? Like if you have a bad rating, like what does that mean for? I don't know account? what I don't remember. It was you know twenty years ago yeah. Amazon. So I, but I should see if I can find like there's got to be some way I can find my reviews on here. Anyway, well, for the record. The first time that I read Crossroads, I left it too. And, well, there you go. Um, and I still wonder what there was to love because I felt so betrayed every single time that I've gone back and reread it. it it's a new so Wheel of Time the book. Show, teenagers like crap. Yeah, exactly. Kids have no taste. I'm, Sorry, kids. My kids watch absolute awful stuff. Um, the one thing I did want to mention. Uh, well, I try not to, but, you know, you lose that battle. Uh, the one thing I did want to mention from book nine that carries over into book ten is the other big event, which is that Matt finally meets the daughter of the nine moons. Yes. That's very yes, exciting. There is that. So well, she's grumpy, though. That's going to be his wife, right? Yes. I'm trying to. Yeah, it turns out she's Sean Chan, the people that live across the ocean. And uh, have come back to conquer everybody else. And they shave their heads and have really long nails. So I'm just looking here at my Amazon account. And and she's royalty, so she's everything Matt hates. I no longer have this review or I'm using a different Amazon account. I could try to find it. Uh, There's thousands of reviews. I'll try and find it before next time. The most recent review for my account is of the... Disney soft potty seat Little Mermaid and my wife gave that three (laughs) stars and it said this is what she had to say about it she said mine did not come with the potty hook to hang it on so I'm returning it It it's good otherwise fits best on round toilets (laughs) (laughs) I don't write very many Amazon reviews myself do you know this is your your wife wrote that one for you guys do you guys share an Amazon account yeah okay January 29th 2019 Kozos do you guys share an Amazon account no I don't. I think they're connected somehow. My wife and I have separate Amazon accounts. Wow. We've talked a lot about bringing them together or just using one, but we we never quite do it. So we both spend the Prime dollars every uh, annually. We both pay for Prime, Jeez. so both of us have Prime. That's no. not a good deal. Oh no, 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 man! You can don't have like family that. accounts. I, I, I understand that this is not a good thing. That's why I'm mentioning it here. It's weird. But we just we never taken that time to fix it, and now we're we just hit eight years. So for eight, so well, think about that eight hundred dollars, eight hundred dollars, eight hundred dollars yeah. down the drain, so we can both have Prime, and not monitor each other's purchases. <laughs> I mean, that's you can't really put a price on that. <laughs> you might have sold me. I, I'm going to go start a separate Amazon account. <laughs> Anyway, two on. She's a San Shanchen and she's very crabby. Yes, so uh, here's where we are with most of the characters by the end of book 10. Uh, Matt has, he had been in Ibudar, if you'll recall. Listeners, we're back. A tragedy happened here, almost. Ben, you're here. You want to say hi? Hi. We don't have the Kozers quite yet. We'll get them back on. Maybe. My, my laptop just died in the middle of recording, and I was 
very worried that I had lost the episode, but guess what? We recovered that project. Man. So we're going to get back on with the closers here in a second. But uh, The miracle of technology. I know. Can you believe it? I was so afraid. I, I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but I hate losing things. Uh, like I hate when hard drives crash and uh like i as a podcaster one of my biggest fears is that i'm going to lose an episode but we very really very rarely have we ever lost anything in 10 years so i'm going to get these guys on right now here we go hello is that you the cozers we are back hey hello welcome back sorry about that man that was so scary all of a sudden everything just went black and i i was thinking that i lose the episode but i checked it's good to go i just went back and listened to see where exactly you cut off melissa you were just talking about What's up with Matt? And you said something about him getting to uh, Abu Dhabi. Ibu Dar. Uh, that's where he was helping find the Bull of Winds. And Elaine and Nynaeve skedaddled with it. And he got trapped there when the Shanchan attacked. And now he's finally uh, sneaking out in the middle of a thunderstorm. Uh, but he is surprised by... Uh, the daughter of the nine moons, and uh, she she knows something about Matt, and she refuses to let him escape. And so his only choice is to, once he finds out who she is, tie her up and take her with him, because he wants to get to know her. And he's off to he can't the races. Just run away from his destiny. Okay. Very romantic. What about Perrin? Perrin's my favorite character. Anything good happening with him? He's chasing his uh, wife. <laughs> well, she got kidnapped, right? Well, yeah, at the end of book seven, right? Was it book seven? Maybe uh, book eight? Book eight, I think. Yeah, his wife got uh, captured by the renegade Aiel, the Shaido. And he spends all of book nine and book ten searching for her. Yeah. At the end of book nine, he finds out where the Shaido camp is located. And at the end of book 10, uh, he's torturing uh, some captured Shaido, trying to find, you know, any weak spot of that location. Um, and, like, that's the, the level that he's descended to when somebody approaches him and says, hey, what if we were to make a deal with the Shanchan and add their armies to ours in order to fight these Aiel? And I remember when book 11 came out, everyone was very relieved that he finally found Fahil because it felt like he'd been chasing her for forever. Which yeah. I guess it's only a couple books, but it was like a decade of, of but life. But it's a couple of several hundred page books. That's true. That's true. Yes. Now, with Egwene, uh, the last thing that happened with her in book 9 was they moved to... Uh, they traveled to the outskirts of Tar Valen. That's where the White Tower is. Because uh, they're finally going to start laying siege to it. The rebel Aes Sedai against the, t the, the ones that are still in the tower. Uh, well, they get there and Egwene doesn't want Aes Sedai atta attacking Aes Sedai. Uh, and she also has a dream in which... The Shanchan are going to attack the White Tower and is really going to rock the White Tower. Like, she doesn't know, based on the dream, if they're going to survive this or not. So now she's really like, we can't be fighting each other. So she spends most of the book dithering about what to do. 
Uh, well, not dithering. Uh, she's got a plan, but it takes time to make it happen. Um, and the plan is to make it where Tarvalon cannot lower or raise up its drawbridges at night. So she turns the chains into Quandiar, which is an unbreakable substance, so they can't move. And they can't be, they can't look, uh, they can't raise their drawbridges for defense anymore. I wish that, anyway, I wish that drawbridges, I wish that drawbridges hadn't lost their popularity. I know the I know. feeling, yeah. I mean, they're, it's so, such a cool idea. Well, it's, 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 uh, effective too. Same with moats. Imagine if you could just make your driveway disappear. Yes. Like it just lifted up and then there's a moat. Yeah. yeah. Imagine if you had, Right outside your front door, something that had to be swum across. And yes. imagine with all your little kids, any time that they wanted to go out the front door, you had to lower a drawbridge or they'd drown. That's oh. how cool a moat would be. Well, that's a very negative. Wow. That's a very negative outlook. That's on a it. bad spin on moats, Melissa. Right. <laughs> I'm just thinking as a, realistically. In today's age, as a parent, there's there's no place for that here. I do have a ravine in my backyard, but it's only. Can I, I just I hate how negative you guys are being about moats. <laughs> um, but my I was gonna say my, my ravine is mostly dry oh, unless it rains. It's true. Yeah, it's been a dry year. Yeah. How, well, <laughs> this episode just went got to weather talk. Weather talk. Uh, first here on the Sci-Fi Christian. At the end of book 10. At least I understand the weather talk. <laughs> Egwene is turning. She's making it so that uh, the White Tower can't uh, can't raise its drawbridges anymore. Um, and so now they'll have to talk. But then she gets captured by people in the White Tower. And that's how book 10 ends. So it's a great cliffhanger for her. And her story arc is about to get spectacular. But again... It's going to happen in book 11. Everything is going to happen in book 11. And we are all so excited that Robert Jordan died. Oh, I know. Wait, so is this the last? No, book 11 is that like okay. things were finally moving again. And then he literally died. Okay. I mean, he went, to the, he went to the great spanking fetish in the sky. <laughs> 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 believe in tying everything full circle don't you uh, ben I, I try it's 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 like poetry it rhymes anyway well book should we call it <laughs> it feels like that's a good summation of crossroads right. of twilight right yep. so melissa don't start reading book 11 yet I'll, I'll i'll let you know when i'm done with book 10 okay or you can start reading book 11, but then you'll be like me, where you read it three months ago and don't remember a thing. I have a closing question. So I see for Winter's Heart and for Crossroads of Twilight that they chose to release the uh, prologue of each of those books six months earlier than the book's release. And they sold it over uh, through like an early version of Kindle, it looks like. Yeah, that, that was pretty common with the Wheel of Time books. Okay. I think around book six or seven, they started to do the prologue separately because they're so stinking long. Yeah, so we didn't mention this, but Winter's Heart came out in 2000. Uh, 
Crossroads of Twilight came out in 2003. And when will we see Book 11? Like, what year did that come out? Oh, actually, I, I think, can check. I think it was 2005. Let me see. Knife of Dreams, 2005. And then yeah. that's when he passed away. Yeah. And then... Well, I think it was like a year or so later, maybe two years later. Well, I, where does the... Uh, that You said there's like a different book that... That fits in between there? Uh, New Spring. Okay. I think that was... And people were really annoyed because Book 10 had done nothing to move the, the plot forward. So like, I think I'll write a prequel. <laughs> the prequel nobody was asking for. But it, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. All right, Melissa. I don't, so- I don't have warm, fuzzy feelings surrounding it. I Like, I read it the first time as a teen, and I was like, whoa, this is great. And then I think uh, at a later point, I went back and reread it, and I was like, what was I so excited about? Kind of like with book 10. So I'm not getting my hopes up. I agree. All right. Well, I'm hitting the music. You guys can't hear it. Just hang with us, and we'll talk after that's over. But for now, listeners, thank you for joining us here for The Wheel of Time. We're, we're continuing on Weave, this crazy series. I'm Matt Anderson. I'm Bendy Bono. And we're the Sapphire Christians signing off. Cozers, you want to say bye? Do you want a little bit of uh, breaking NFL news? Save it for Inside the Punt. Okay. We have a whole show just for that kind of thing. I know. I was just wondering if you wanted it here. I don't. Uh, Let's just say. Uh, what, what month, just so the listeners know, what month did you want them to have the next book done by? Uh, end of the year. End of the year. Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. Say la vie. <laughs> That's terrible news. Maybe we should coordinate more. <laughs> yes, we should talk more about what we're about to talk about. Listeners, next up, we're going to be doing our next entry in the Wheel of Time book series. You may remember this is a series I gave up on, but Ben is still reading, so uh, we brought Melissa Kozer in to be the guest host. I did read the Wikipedia articles yeah. on these books because next episode we're covering books 9 and 10, and boy, those Wikipedia articles were a doozy. Ben, how were the books? <laughs> I mean, these aren't the high point of the series. It's you remember when we were doing the uh, the count up, and and I got to Ingmar Bergman's The Magic Flute, and I I made a joke about how I always think of it as the magic toot. So same type of thing here. For whatever reason, when I get to Winter's Fart, my brain always substitute Winter's Fart. <laughs> That's, okay, so. So what can we look forward to in these next books? Well, so Let's just give a little teaser yeah, to the book audience. Nine, which is going to be about my contribution because I read book nine now a couple months ago and we're covering book 10 too. And I have yet to reread that one. So it's going to be mainly Melissa. Uh, but book nine is a great ending. Very exciting ending. An event that we've been waiting for since the beginning of the series happens. Uh, and then there's not a lot before or after in the next book that happens. It's mainly just dull okay well listeners that's what you have to look forward to on the next episode so with I, that, do, I do have a story about uh, crossroads of twilight book 10 i've probably shared it before but i'll share it on the yeah. next episode i think we already said all this but i'm uh matt Anderson. we're signing off goodbye bye oh brian did you want to say goodbye <laughs> oh yeah and i did i did look up rare earth oh and, yeah uh, yeah I, I was wrong it's actually the brown cubes in that game i played what about medical equipment <laughs>